everyone. Welcome back to Spill the EMVT with me, Veronica. I'm the founder and director of EMVT, a fashion brand, and I'm also your host today, as you can kind of tell. Um, so today we've got someone really, really, really cool, really, really special to me and a longtime friend, um, Monty. <laughs> Monty Owen. Monty Hello. is the founder and director of Gunpowder Spices, uh, which also launched in the middle of the middle of pandemic, like myself, like my company. So I'm here to talk about all about the brand, all about the business, more than less the brand, more the business, um, and how it came about and talk more about that. So Monty, say hey. Hello everyone. How are we? Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, well, um, what, just about myself or about the company? Yeah, tell us about yourself, tell us about what you've been up to in the company and how that kind of came about. Um, well, I mean, it's been an interesting one. So I started the company in November. Um, prior to that, I'd actually started up another company, um, but that was in finance. Um, I was doing fundraising because I'd basically been working in finance since I graduated. Well, it actually took me a year to get that job, <laughs> as we know. But, um, yeah, I got that. And then uh, the pandemic came, set up the other company, left the other job. The other company didn't actually work out very well. Um, and also, I just wasn't – I'd always been really interested in food. Um, like, at university – I'd wanted to set up a food company. Um, I'd wanted to do like something on YouTube to do with food, but I never really got around to it. And I don't know, it wasn't really financially viable at that time. Because um, what I wanted to do, but was basically like, um, what are they called? Hello Fresh, is it? And Gusto. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, are those box companies? I wanted to do that yeah. with one of my friends. Um, but yeah, literally just as we got the idea, all of these other companies started launching. So we kind of missed the boat on it and it just wasn't going to work because, you know, with the, the network would have been too big. It just would have been too complicated. And so I was doing this fundraising, this company I set up for about, I think it was about six months. Um, I got very close to closing a deal, but we didn't quite make it. And then after that, I kind of lost all of my motivation to do that I, mean, I started realizing that finance was really something that had been pushed on me as a kid and something which I'd like I don't know taken on myself um yeah because my dad had been in finance and so I think that you know you're sometimes you put this expectation on yourself or this expectation that you might think that others especially your parents or your anyone in your family might have for you um yeah and you take that and, you know, once you leave school, it, it, all it takes is for you to actually go and work in the profession to realise that, you know, A, you're not actually very good at doing the job. Like, I was terrible <laughs> at the hedge fund. Like, I literally, I was working there for almost a year and I didn't close a single deal in a year. You're so open about it. I love it. <laughs> I, was, I was really bad at sales. I didn't get anything yeah, when I did it. I didn't close a single deal. I literally spent half my time there watching, like, because I had two screens. One mm. screen would be, I would have Netflix on, so I'd watch Chef's Table <laughs> on one screen, or, like, I don't know, all these other food documentaries. Like, um, there's this really famous chef called Marco Pierre White, and... He has a, he, well, he did a series in like 1990 
um, when he was like really young, up and coming. Um, he basically won three Michelin stars. He, he's a guy that trained Gordon Ramsay. So he's one of the most famous chefs like of all time. So I just used to watch videos and then sometimes I'd like call people at interludes so that I looked like I was busy and stuff. I just really <laughs> Um, but yeah, I managed to hang on there for a year. And then so, yeah, I don't know, food had always been something which like, I really cared about a lot. And, you know, I think that it's something that people like, in the modern world, it's something that people don't really understand that much about, and they kind of take it for granted. There's like, you have like various camps of people. So you might have like, the people I mean and this is especially for girls I think because of all the like body image problems that are coming out of social media um you know people have like people just eat for the sake of eating and they eat to lose weight and they don't eat to enjoy their food um it's not aimed at you <laughs> I know because the but to be fair you're not wrong because I used to be that way I'm yeah. not sure, but I used to be yeah. that way. I mean, just, to, just to clear up the, the thing, we we did used to go out with each other. Um, I, so we were good at long-time friends, Monty. Yeah, we know each other very well. But, yeah, I think that, like, you like I, you struggled with food, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah. I talk more about it now because I'm actually through it now. But I struggled a lot with food, and um, yeah. no one around me knew how to deal with it. Yeah. And I was the literally, do you remember when I used to have that Instagram where I would post photos of food, but it was literally just a documentation of my disorder yeah. where I would yeah. just post yeah. photos of how little I was eating and it would annoy you and it would annoy everyone else. Cause it was like, you're openly posting about it, but yeah. you, you get, this is the problem with social media, which I will not go off on, but this is the problem with social media is that you see all these, like those teas, you know, that help you lose weight. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those out his way, and um, those like those skinny shakes, and just like really skinny people. And I take care of myself. I'm very healthy. I work out, but I at the same time learn how to indulge without kind of going on opposite ends of the scale, restricting and binging, restricting and binging. So I've kind of found this middle ground. But a lot of people my age haven't found that, and a lot of people still struggle. Yeah. So I think that these days it really is just eat to eat you're right yeah and it really it's like it really sucks when you see people doing that it's like food should be something that like you enjoy and you cook yeah. and you eat it and it's like a very I don't know it's like a very primal thing especially if you're eating with other people it's like it's a great way of connecting with people um you it know is. like humans over history have like you know, one thing that's always been consistent is people share food with each other, like around mm-hmm. a fire. Um, or, you know, not, they didn't do that now, but, you know, you go to restaurants and stuff. And so it's like one of the kind of... It's like, an art. Like, yeah. It's, well, it's, yeah. There's, there's the like artistic side and then there's also the like kind of social cohesion side. Very much, yeah. Which is, you know, like if you share food with someone, it's it like... I don't think people actually realise how much of a big thing it is to to share food with people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I started out the Spice Company to, I mean, it was quite multi-pronged, like I would say the reason for starting it. The first was because, I don't know, spice jars, you know, they all come in, they're all round, they all come in round jars. 
I never really understood why they came in round jars because it doesn't make sense. Like cupboards are square and drawers are square. They're rectangular. So why are you storing spices in circular jars, which, you, you know, in square cupboards? I know it's like a really kind of trivial, small, stupid thing. No, it's not. It did annoy me quite a lot. <laughs> and it actually makes so much sense. I just like... My eyes just rolled over to the other side because I was like, whoa, that's so true. Like, I didn't yeah, even think about like, it. I've told a few people this, and I, people don't really, like, think about it. People no. kind of... And I think that's just because, I don't know, in a lot of industries, people have, like, come along and changed it up a bit. And Yeah. For me, like, I don't think it really happened in Spices yet. There hadn't been, like, the new kid on the block, as it were, that was trying to, like, you know, kick up and change stuff around because you know you have these big companies like Bart's and Schwartz you know that people know or Sainsbury's and like you know a the quality of them is so bad like I really can't tell you how bad it is so like they'll they'll get all of them or most of them will get their spices ground in India or you know wherever the spice is coming from so as soon as a spice gets ground, it starts losing its potency and its flavor because all of the flavor is locked in. So like, for example, if you're using like cumin or coriander, like all of the flavor is locked in the seed. So as soon as you like crush the seed, you instantly, you release the like volatile oil in the spice, which is what gives it its flavor. Wow. So basically it's like, as soon as you've crushed it, it's basically like, you know, it's losing its flavor and its potency. Mm-hmm. So they get crushed, then they, you know, they get brought over to the UK or wherever it's being sold, um, like packaged, whatever, distributed supermarkets. And then, I don't know, they go and sit on the shelf for like X amount of time. And, you know, in that time, they're losing more flavor and more potency. So it's just not as fresh. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I suppose that that was like the main reason. The square jars is a bit of like B side, and it's it's like a smaller part of the thing, and it's something, it's just something which niggled at me because I don't know. I like things that look good. Like I really like, of course, yeah, you know. No, like packaging is so important. It I is. don't think people realise how like, important it really is. Yeah, most people nowadays, I think they just buy stuff because of the packaging. I mean, if you look at a company like I don't know Voss Water. Like, it's oh, just yeah. water, but people it's buy just... it because it's in, like, a fancy bottle. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. literally just water. It's the same as everything else, but people just buy it because it looks nice. Um, and so I think that that was, like, yeah, so the square jars was, like, one bit, like I said, but the freshness and the quality was, like, the main reason. Um, mm. And it was also the availability. Um, so, you, you know, you have chefs now, like, you know, most people know Yotam Otolenghi. He's like a really famous um, chef from the Middle East, like Israel, I think he's from. Um, but he cooks really interesting food. And a lot of his... I've always really liked him. Yeah, like a lot of his stuff you can't get in his shops. Um, so, I don't know, things like black garlic or like Aleppo chilies. Um you can't really get them in most of your shops. Um, so, and that was also something that really annoyed me. Like, it, I hated, like, looking top to bottom 
in the spice section in like a waitrose or a tesco's or whatever shop you're in yeah and just not being able to find what you want to cook with um mm. it's, i don't know like a lot of recipes now call for like more and more different ingredients and i think that's a really good yeah. thing um because it teaches people about like you know different flavor profiles i mean i've certainly learned like since starting this like i can deconstruct like a spice blend in my head that's so now. cool like very that's so cool yeah i mean that's literally just because like i spend every day just like crushing fresh spices up um so there's that and then alongside it there's it's i think actually quite a significant part of it is about teaching people um like i think that kind of ties in with where i was saying at the start about you know finding it difficult that people you know other people's relationships with food I think that like part of it was trying to get people to like understand that it's much better for you to cook like a really fresh like home meal it's like really rewarding especially if you're sharing that with other people you know I I don't like cooking for myself on my own that much like I love cooking for other people more than anything Um, and that's where the social thing comes in yeah I'm getting better at doing it for myself but you know for a long time I was just doing it for other people um and I really loved doing it but yeah I I, I don't know why that I I I think it was just probably something to do with validation to be honest but Mm. I think now you know I'm kind of past that so I'm starting to enjoy food by myself more but with the recipes I, th- I don't think many people tell you why you actually do something when you cook. Like, if you, oh, if you yeah. read, read recipes, they just tell you to do something. And once you've got people, or once you've got someone telling you to do something, you completely lose any kind of creative energy that you might have. And that goes for anything. You know, you can't, if you, if you don't understand why you're doing something, then you're always going to be reliant on a recipe and you're always going to be reliant on what other people have said. So the recipes that I've written are like, you know, they're kind of guidelines and, Mm -hmm. you know, on every recipe there's like this, there's like tip sections which tell you like why you're doing something. So like why you might like salt meat before you cook it like two days in advance, Mm -hmm. like, because salt is a chemical tenderizer and it breaks down the meat proteins. So, like, when you eat it, it's going to be, like, much more juicy. It's, like, the meat's actually seasoned from the inside. Um, so, like, the, fla- the flavour gets massively enhanced if you do that. So it's just, like, small things like that that, you know, I guess it's just, yeah, it's just trying to get people to understand why they're doing what they're doing so that they can actually enjoy cooking more because I think when people look at recipes sometimes they can get really stressed out um yeah you know like I don't know what like do you cook I made a beef wellington the other week you'd be really proud huh you made made a beef wellington the other week I did can you believe it I made a beef wellington and I'll tell you what I did okay I didn't have the mushrooms um so I anymore no that's good yeah no I um it was my idea um I did a little poll on my close friends on Instagram and I was like guys I really want to cook um a yeah. really difficult meal 
Yeah. Because um, I've gotten really more, I've gotten way more into cooking. Um, and I really enjoy, I think that's kind of coming with the kind of whole moving past the eating habits and all that kind yeah. of thing. Um, those bad habits. I've really come to enjoy cooking and I really spend time cooking, like in, enjoying what I'm doing. Even if I'm slow, I'm quite slow, but I'm, <laughs> I like it. So I'm really yeah. slow. So I think it took me seven hours to <laughs> assemble the beef. Seven hours. I don't know how. I, I don't know how. Don't ask me. I don't know how. But yeah. So I didn't have any you didn't do mushrooms. mushrooms. No, I didn't have any. So I was like, okay, well, I, I don't have time to wait. And I'm too impatient yeah. to wait. So um, you take the longest out of the whole thing. Um, I basically, well, I made an onion chutney. Okay. How cool. And Anna, can I just say, it tasted really good. Worth I made it. an onion chutney around, like, you know, when you have you the paste. red onions? I use shallots. Shallots, okay. <laughs> like, mm. What did I do? Can I give you some constructive criticism? No, I don't know. I used the wrong type. I never actually made a, sh- like, a chutney with shallots, so I don't know. It was actually really like. good. Uh, I guess it was shallot chutney then. Probably but, better yeah. than, um, I was going to say, red onion's probably like a bit sweet if you're doing that with beef. Well, okay, well, the plot thickens because I caramelised them. Ah, uh, there we so go. So I caramelised <laughs> It was honestly, I'm really proud of myself. It was an improvisation, yeah. so I caramelised them. And I think the most you've ever seen me cook is grilling a, a salmon. So I feel like yeah. this is a massive <laughs> step up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a massive step up. Uh, well done. Sorry. Thank That's you, honestly. Um... So basically, yeah. So um, I didn't have it, so I was like, I'm going to have to improvise. So I ended up caramelizing the shallots, and then I added white white wine. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Mm, I, I can't tell if that's right or not, but yeah, no, I added white there's wine. There's no like right or wrong. Exactly. Okay. Well, I added I added white wine, and then I kind of let it become a stew and like become, let it become a bit of a paste. Yeah, yeah. And then and then I used that and I put it around the. Um, around the steak in the pastry and honestly I would make it again and I wouldn't well I'd obviously try the mushrooms this time but I, now I can actually make it without a recipe because I also because I improvise half of it anyway but I'm completely with you where you say like people need to kind of um when you when you use recipes you kind of fall out of love with cooking because you just feel like you're really stressed and you're just like yeah. you know so that was really really fun for me to improvise it yeah um and That's I documented cool. the entire thing so it's quite funny too um but yeah, so it turned out really, really well. So you'd be, you'd be impressed. Yeah, I mean that is beef Wellington is one of the hardest dishes to make. So well, well done you. Thank you, thank yeah. you. So you do everything yourself. You do, um, you do all the packaging, all the graphics. Yeah, I do literally like I top to bottom everything. So like yeah, packaging. Um, I do everything out of my flat. So. I literally have all the spices in my flat. So I've got like, I don't know if you can visualize like what a 20 kilo bag looks like. Yeah. So they're, they're like, I don't know, it's like a big suit, massive suitcase basically. Um, Andrew, where do you even keep that? I keep them in dad's room. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not in, so. Oh, fair. yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But I mean, it smells great. Like, yeah that was really good in here although sometimes i think i've become so numb to the smell now um because Probably. i'm it all the time yeah um but it does smell great and yeah so i literally do like the boxing the jarring the like grinding the toasting literally like 
name anything and I do I don't have anyone helping me at the moment. Um, I definitely will get someone to help me in the future because I hate the social media side so much. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean... Fair enough. It's not... It's, fair enough. It's not for everyone. It's annoying because it's such an essential side of... I know. You know like an online business. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, I'm fairly anti-social media anyway. Like, I don't yeah, think it's too. very good for people's mental health. Um, yeah. So it's difficult like trying to promote an online business any way else than through social media um I agree yeah but like recently I've I don't know I've been talking to a lot of people um like around in the local area about stocking and stuff so I got stocked in like a local greengrocer which was cool amazing Um, that's awesome I'm talking to this other company at the moment but I probably can't say the confidentiality reason. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but they're like a, a very big um I don't know, like they're it's basically like a massive meat supplier based up in York that does like really good quality meats, like all like rare breeds, free range, organic mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and like I'm talking to them about kind of doing like a collaboration with my blends mm-hmm. and stuff. Um mm-hmm. I'm also gonna be launching like a new product in uh, when is it? May. I'm going to be doing oh, awesome. meat rub. Meat rub. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's very cool, but it is. Um, I have to say, with the like pandemic and stuff, it's been quite. It's been very testing. Um, it's very. It's like a, and I'm sure you feel. You know, well, I don't know. Actually, it'll be interesting to see what you think. But because like, I literally have no interaction with anyone in my days so like I'm literally because of working or because of the pandemic? yeah because of like I'm you know I'm like labeling the jars like I literally do all the labels like, like all by hand um it, like all of that stuff so I don't have anyone helping me I'm I quite like talking to people um yeah. and so do it like I don't know when I've been doing this for what November December not for, well like four or five months um and yeah not having anyone here to talk to you is like quite difficult because I quite like bouncing off people um yeah and you know taking on people's energy like it helps me and I like helping people and so not having the ability to do that has been like very very difficult um but I think it's just one of those things where starting a company is always like a very lonely experience it's not and you know to be honest like life itself actually is a very and this is not in a kind of depressing bum out way but life in itself is actually a very lonely experience um you know you experience everything like all all of your senses it's all like individual and I think it's just one of those things that really helps you you know once you start something like this and you're completely on your own you really realize how alone uh stuff can be but that, that, like I said that's not actually a bad thing I think it's actually a it's a really good thing um you've got to learn to be I agree with you wholeheartedly but I also think that um I'm sure you you might agree with this you might not but I think to an extent you've also on that note have to be okay with I, I mean to be honest I'm a social uh what's the word for it I don't want to say butterfly because that sounds really full of myself what I mean is I really need social contact otherwise yeah. I really struggle kind of like you um 
And I do get it more than you do because obviously you're doing lots of manual manual work, whereas I a lot of my day to day is meetings and phone calls and things like that. So I get to speak to a lot of people, but at the same time, like I'm calling, I'm not calling a lot of people back because I'm too busy. Yeah, so yeah. I am losing out a bit on in that extent as well. So you know, and on the other hand, because I'm managing social media like you, sometimes I need a break because I'm so, as you can imagine, the fashion industry, like I constantly am on it. And so, well, yeah. no, I'm not. That's a lie. But um, when I'm busy, I'm constantly on it. So right now I'm not. But when I'm busy, I'm on it. And so sometimes I'm like, I need a break. And it's really hard to be able to take that break because you're running yeah. a business. I think it can make very, like, neurotic. If it can, yeah. It's, it's not, like, I noticed, I noticed in myself straight away, at the start I'd be doing about three hours just trawling through, like, food posts on social media every yeah. morning. And... I really like noticed how quickly it put me in a really bad mood um, mm-hmm. because it's like you realize just how like vacuous so much of the stuff is out there. Um, I mean, literally you'll be like liking, commenting on other people's stuff for like I said, like three hours, probably even longer for some people. I did that. I did that a lot at the beginning with like bloggers and things. I yeah. And it's just it really fake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that like I don't know, it's weird starting out. I don't know if you found this, but I'm not. A f- I'm not. I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of influencers, but I think that um, sometimes the way they approach stuff isn't very good. Like, no, I. Some of them are really disingenuous. Yeah, and they. I don't know. I've literally only had people like asking for freebies to like. Me too. And a it's lot. Like, if you want it, then buy it like if you yeah i try it then just buy it like why do you think like it's i think it's just a sense of entitlement which i kind of get maybe that's just me making an assumption but no i agree with you i agree with you and some of them some of them won't even be influencers i'm not even joking like i'll go on their profile and they'll have no followers i'll just be like a normal kind of yeah account and i can tell i can tell and so i'm like you're just asking for free clothes i don't get it yeah it's very what would i gain i don't get it I think that's probably like, I don't know, probably a chip on my shoulder more than anything. But um. No, but it is sometimes, it is the case. I agree with you. I mean, not always, but it is the case. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that um, also I think that people people don't realise that when you are buying something, you are really kind of going to a huge extent and supporting that business because we're yeah, independent yeah, businesses. And you're doing, it's kind of, I remember when I made my first sale, and I was so, I wasn't emotional or anything, but I was so shocked. You get buzzed. And yeah. I was i was like, no way. I had to like check it three times because I was like, oh my God, someone actually yeah. thinks that my clothes are worth buying. Yeah. So yeah, but then some people, you know, it's just, it's it, it that social media, a lot of it is very disingenuine. It is. And I think that like more people, like, well, I hate more people seeing it. Like I don't, I really I don't so. think it's like a a good thing to be spending like excess amounts of time on Instagram or Facebook. And like, I noticed recently, like I've cut down my use of social media like massively, and it really helps a lot. Well, like, you've always you've always did that. You've always done that. Why do I say did? You've always done that. Like you've always taken breaks from it. Yeah, I've um, been like that into it, but it's difficult. It's difficult having to do it for a company. I know. You, have to, you know, it's just one of those things. I think that's the thing 
when you're running a company, like, I don't know, if someone else sets up a company, they might love doing the social media side, but then, you know, they might hate doing like the another side of the business, which is oh, like, yeah. is important. And like, it's you have the, that's the, the issue is, is that like, you have to do everything yourself when you start. Yeah. Because if you don't and you neglect certain parts of it, then it's just going to die. And you, oh, for sure. Yeah, you have you really have to like keep that in mind. And yeah, I, I'm like I don't know if there are any sides of your business that you don't you know particularly enjoy that much. Or I, yeah, I don't. I don't like doing the kind of all the financing and accounting bits that yeah. you can imagine. You you can imagine I don't like doing that. Yeah. So that's not been fun. I you obviously you know how much I like marketing, digital marketing. So I do enjoy that. But then, as I said, social media to me, I spend so much less time on it now. Mm. Um, I will make time to just turn off my phone. I do that every single day now. I will make time and I turn off my phone. If I if I think I can get away with it, I'll set up a time where I just turn off my phone completely and I'll just keep my laptop off and I just. I'll yeah. do something else. Um, obviously, I can't because I'm a business. I'm a, I'm a businesswoman, so I can't because I have to kind of stay on the ball. But like, I mean, it's it's just it's it's kind of hard to like articulate, really. Yeah, um, I think it's like I don't know. Have you got many other friends that have like done started stuff up in the pandemic or not? Not proper businesses, no. kind of like little side hustles, but not yeah, proper yeah. incorporated, you know, legal, like yeah. actual entity businesses. Yeah, um, I think it's quite scary. I think it's it scary. It is quite scary. Um, yeah. And rightly so, like it is a, it's not a decision, I think, that should be taken lightly. Like I think actually, to be honest, to be like quite frank, when I started this company, there was... And the same when I started my last company, that like you feel like you do something to be seen in a certain way. Like, you know, obviously when you start a company, it's like, oh my God, like look at how enterprising I am. And like, I'm so mm. like cool and whatever. And I've done this and it's so great. And then you get like, you know, you get two months in or even a month in and it's like, holy crap, there's so much work. And yeah, you know, there's so much responsibility. Like, if something, you know, I'm 25, well, going to be 25 next month. And, you know, I've got friends that are like fully qualified accountants, um, people that are already working in like law, people that have been in their careers now for like, you know, they're three years down the line. They're making like a decent salary and that's only going to go up. Whereas, you know, for me, like, it's a really slow burner. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, for everyone. And I'm, you know, yeah. I'm really happy with the amount of salt I've sold, and it's very, it's like far more fulfilling than any job could ever offer me. I think that's yeah, a hundred percent. Which is like, you know, people. I don't think people actually tell you that when you start out. And the best thing about it is just the freedom. Like yeah, today yeah. it was really sunny, so at like three o'clock or something, I just went around Hyde Park. For a walk That's and so nice. you know, if you're like working in a normal nine to five obviously you can't do that like it's yeah you know I think in London as well the work culture is so toxic because mm-hmm. you're not like people look down on you if you do that and that's I just think that's so inherently wrong because you know life is like if you want to spend all your time at like a desk 
for someone else for the rest of your life and you know not go and enjoy the sun whilst it's out or you know do stuff like that then I think that's quite sad that a part of me gets quite sad when people just do that to kind of ease the other people's expectations you know they or you know what they think they should be doing they they don't you know when I was working in finance I used to take an hour off every day and like I don't know I don't think my boss liked it very much but I would just go and sit in Barclay Square and just read in the sun um or if it was like raining then I wouldn't do that I would just watch more Netflix or something Mm -hmm. in the office yeah in the office anything to get off work at that time yeah it's um I don't know I think that with your company it seems like Mm -hmm. I don't know I think the the most important thing when you start is your uh, and like I don't really like the word itself but like your ethos when you start yeah it's like why are you doing what you're doing you know like what's the purpose behind it because I think like so many people just think about money or like status, all of this stuff, which actually like doesn't really matter that much. If you're doing something that you really care about, then, you know, like I, I, I'm not on a salary or anything, but no, neither. I'm not making a huge amount of money at the moment at all. Like I'm really not making that much money. Um, for the amount of work I'm putting in, but I actually couldn't care less because Me too. I'm doing something that I really like and yeah. I really do believe in it. Yeah, and me too. Yeah. yeah. So I, think, I think that's such a good and healthy mindset to have because then you're not really destined to fail because if you start, I hate when I hear about people being motivated by money. It's like, oh, how much money are you going to make with the MVT? I'm like, as long as it's going up and it's growing, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Like I will, I will find a way. Like I, that doesn't yeah, exactly. motivate me. What exactly. motivates me is the growth of the brand, and like you said, ethos. You know, my values. I mean, so much of me is in my brand, and especially yeah. recently, I've seen more of myself in my brand, and I'm really yeah, proud right. of it. So if people ask me, like, oh, how many sales have you made? I'm just like, it. It doesn't matter because I'm growing the brand, and as long as it's going up, I'm happy with that, and I'm really, really proud of you because. That is a really, really tough, um, it's not easy to gain that mindset. No, it's, it's, I think it's really difficult. And I yeah. think that, you know, it does, it takes like, not to blow my own trumpet or anything, but it, like, do it. Why not? It, it does take quite a lot of like courage to do something like that. And of course it does. Um, I'm, I like write these stories along or like this story alongside like the company so like the company is called gunpowder spices and then webley is at the bottom which is my middle name which is like about this it's like this fictional character but the fictional character is based is kind of like loosely based off how i felt at different times of my life oh, really um yeah and like you know, the other characters like I wrote the his like parents to be like pretty mean and horrible, and my like my parents aren't mean or horrible; they're lovely, and I love them. Yeah, they, they, they are great. So, they're great. You know, like there's no there's nothing about that, but you know, it's quite, it's like quite personal thing. I'm writing, I don't know, still writing it now. Like it's very difficult to to like I don't know put how you feel 
in such on, on such like a public space and yeah, not feel like you're going to get judged. Yeah. Do you think you've always? I mean, I have this with my mental health, with my kind of my goals with the podcast talking about my mental health because I'm always the one interviewing people and I I rarely kind of chime in and go yeah this is how I feel so I think you're one of uh, the only people who have actually been like yeah so you had this issue and I'm like well okay we're talking about me this is personal but but it's but it's good because I need to be representative I can't I can't go and say oh talk about your feelings for what let's talk about mental health and then not do it myself yeah I'm not being really being really representative um yeah, men's mental health is a to me is a different ball game. I feel like the men that I know, the men that I've known, they are not open about their mental health. The ones that I know, maybe I'm not trying to generalize, but I think in another sense, I kind of am. Because would you find have you found it quite hard talking about it, talking about your feelings? Um, I don't find it that hard to talk about my feelings. Like I think I've always been pretty open with how I feel. I mean, there's some things which. I've repressed for like such a long time. Um, but I think I'm getting like much better at dealing with them now. Um, yeah. I mean, so, that's shown by the fact you're writing about it and you know it's going to go public. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know, like, I think a few years ago, no. And I think certainly, like, you know, obviously I'd have, I still have, I'd have to put my hands up now and say, like, yeah, you know, there's some stuff that I'm not comfortable with talking about it myself yeah of course of course that's and I think that's the same with everyone and you know like obviously women and men have like very different problems when it comes to mental health and their issues and there are some things which I know obviously everyone knows this already but there are some things you feel like you can't say because you're a man but I mean I'm quite like a I wouldn't say like I'm a macho man really like (laughs) I'm quite in touch with my feminine side to be honest um like I'm not I, w- I wouldn't call my I wouldn't describe myself as like a, a typical like bloke like that's what I hate though like what like you know like the whole typical bloke thing it's like who cares like why yeah why does I that think, why is yeah. that a thing do you know what I mean yeah but I think yeah well I, I don't know it's a, it's a really interesting one I don't yeah it's a it's a very difficult thing to talk about because I think so many people have so many different like opinions and feelings obviously it's also like individual all like all experience like i was saying earlier is just individual and oh yeah you know there's that which you know just because you talk about something and i can say this like for a fact like i've spoken to a lot of people that when you talk to them they won't even listen to you like yeah they'll pretend they're listening to you but they they they're not listening like yeah I know what you mean I don't know I think a lot of people are too you know there are some things that a lot of people are very proud and they're very stubborn I'm very stubborn like I'm so stubborn that's I think I definitely used to be not so much now but I definitely did used to be yeah yeah and so I think you have to really like you really have to think about you know, when you're listening to someone, you have to, because obviously all the information that's being relayed to you is, I don't know, it's some, someone else might be hurt by something else, but by something that you wouldn't be hurt by. But the only reason they're going to get hurt by that is because of their individual experience when they were young, probably, or something yeah. that happened to them in the past. And I don't think many people 
aware of that it's something that I'm like becoming like more aware of more aware of like every day and yeah if you think like I don't know if you see something and it makes you really upset then that probably goes back to something like a long time ago that you're not even consciously aware of and definitely you really have to be very mindful of that because otherwise you're just going to project that onto other people I think and yeah they might oh that's a really good point actually yeah I think you're 100% right. I think you're 100% right. And I think that that's why a lot of the time when you have problems with people, you need to kind of take a step back and think, mm-hmm. you know, what's the issue with me rather than what's the yeah, issue with exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I think that's like, yeah. I mean, like I was saying, like we were, like we were talking just before this and I was saying that um, like, yeah, once you, you know, like relationships at this age are to like teach you you know, like, A, everything always comes to an end. Like, we're, we're all going to die one day. I know it's quite morbid. Oh, Monty. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's true, and that's... Yeah, well... Stuff hmm, is yeah. always going to end, and nothing's ever going to last forever. And so if you look you just at... just got to make the most of everything. Yeah, if you look at relationships as, like, a, a teacher, you know, and it can be, like, the hardest teacher of all, but... You know, the hard lessons, I know this is such a, like, cliche, but, like, they're the ones that are always going to stick with you and help you get better as a person. Um, You know, by learning that, you can then probably be, like, more comfortable in your own skin, which means that, you know, next time around, you don't project those issues onto, like, other people, which is... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. You learn from every single... I mean, to be honest, even friendships friendship experiences in life every single thing points to you as who you are literally as we're speaking right now you as a person right now me as a person right now everything we've experienced whether it be relationship friendship experience is led to who you are now and it sounds yeah it sounds cliche but whatever but it's true you know um we've learned so much yeah yeah respectively whatever it might be we've learned a lot and i think that um kind of nice to be yeah, able no, to... it's not. Like, I didn't, I wouldn't have said, like, I don't know, like, two years ago, <laughs> like, I can't imagine, I wouldn't, I would never have said, like, I'd be on a podcast here now talking about, like, our companies. Me neither. Like, it's me calling you my friend. Or... Yeah. <laughs> like, me calling you my friend is just, it's, it's weird. It's nice. It's nice. But it's just, you know, I never would have, I, I, to be honest, even a year ago, I, I never would have thought, I didn't think it, like, I was like, yeah, I probably would have thought, nah, that wouldn't happen, you know? Yeah. So it's... I think it's, it's just uh, having, like, a level of maturity to, sure. to be like, you know, this doesn't... <laughs> this is literally just, like, a conversation. Yeah. And some people yeah. could be like, oh, my God, like, I'm talking to my ex. Like, this is so horrible, like, blah, blah, blah. That it literally doesn't matter. They're just, like, another person. Like, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. that. You know, the other day, like, we... I shared so much of like um there's a huge chunk of like my history with you so obviously no. like there's nothing there doesn't always have to be bad blood there doesn't no, always no, have to be nasty drama or like all these kind of you you grow as people and you can come back and be friends you don't have to be friends you can not speak to each other at all yeah but you can also choose to support people you can also choose to support people and you know it's it's just it's yeah you're right it's a level of maturity yeah and I think that you know I, 
I think that that to to get that to that level, it takes you know a lot of work. Oh, lot, it does a lot yeah. of self awareness, and that's really not an easy thing to kind of have or grow because I don't, I think you know like you only get that it's level twenty of awareness. hours. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, you only get that like kind of field of awareness once something happens. Oh, like, for sure, you know, yeah. Something, you know, like a death in, or, like a death in the family, or mm-hmm. like a divorce, or a breakup, or something like that. You know, it really it takes something like really hard that that is really hard for you to actually look in yourself introspectively and say, you know what, like this isn't great, and not in a self not in a way that because like, I'm really bad at just beating myself up for my problems like you mean you do it a lot or you don't do it well I used to do it a lot and okay. I used to internalize a lot of stuff a lot of stuff was never good enough like for me mm-hmm. and I, sometimes I still have that with my company um, okay yeah it's easy to be self-critical isn't it with the business it is and uh, but that's also because like in a way, you do have to be a bit self-critical if you're running a company. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, a lot of friends aren't going to tell you what they really think. And Yeah, you know, yeah, I found that as well. You're also the person that's, like, running everything. So yeah. you're the one that has to make all of the decisions. And yeah. that means that everything you do is on your head. So you probably are a bit more critical. But I'm not, I've always naturally been, like, very self-critical. And yeah trying to let that go is like not easy um but uh, you know I don't know how many other people are like that because you don't you know like like we're saying like people don't open up that much and I think Mm. people find it really really hard to open up and I I think it's really sad um I do too yeah but you know I think you have to you have to be you know, you have to look at yourself sometimes and just say, like, okay, what what do I need to, like, change in myself? Oh, or, for sure. Well, you have to – the thing is, getting to that point where you actually look back on it and you go, what do I have to change about myself is actually not easy as well. No, um, no So even hard. just recognising that there's actually something not wrong with you, but recognising that, you know, I that isn't right, that's not okay, or this isn't, you know, me, yeah. this isn't – you know what I mean? So – it, even recognize that a lot of people don't recognize that in themselves because they don't want to believe it and they're kind of stubborn like you said before yeah you can be really yeah. stubborn well it's um, all part of their ego like I don't think people, yeah people don't I don't think many people really like understand what ego actually is like yeah. a lot of people say you have like not to me personally but like you know a lot of people say like he or she has such a big ego but they don't actually mm-hmm. know what like the ego is like the ego is just an image of yourself that you construct to protect you yeah and you know once you can like look at your ego and understand the story that you tell yourself because everyone tells themselves a story about who they are and that's from their experiences and whatever and and it's built up I think you know I think I was reading about it quite recently it's built up when you're like very young from like north seven Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I was saying earlier, you know, like checking yourself sometimes is so important when yeah. you're getting upset about something because the odds are that you're only getting upset about it because of your ego 
and actually something probably doesn't actually matter as much as you think in the time and yeah I found that a lot I will just well no I used to I used to just look at things and think that I was all like dramatizing everything or you know just kind of making something way bigger than it needs to be and honestly I'm so I look back on it and I'm like wow I what a mess because I I, I'm so sometimes like as like as, as as you said tooting your own horn but you kind of you know I'm kind of proud of this like I I I'm quite good at how I handle stress I'm quite good at how I handle situations in comparison to maybe uh two years ago or three even maybe now nah, two years ago two years ago um I handle situations so much better so much calmer you know I don't there are little things that I just think what's the point in why why react yeah. there's no point in reacting um you can sometimes sometimes you can't help to react but sometimes you can choose to react to certain things yeah exactly um you can get upset at things but sometimes that upset can manifest in really not healthy ways yeah it can manifest in like horrible ways yeah really, really so you have to you have to think about okay i'm upset yeah so you have to think i feel this way how am I, I can choose how I how I can react to this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not an easy skill to develop, I don't think. No. Or, no. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Monty, for coming on to my podcast. Hey, thanks for having it was me. it was an absolute pleasure having yeah, you. And it's, it's been really, really good. And I'm really I'm really proud of you. I'm really happy for you. Oh, and yeah. I'm very happy. I will link Monty's Instagram and uh, website in the description as well. And I'll do that on Instagram and I'll do that on Spotify and Apple as well. Um, and yeah, that's that's it from us today. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to me. All right, guys. Go on about egos and stuff. It was very wise. Very wise. Very wise. <laughs> Growth. Growth. Growth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye.